0: So the therapists, perfects, governors, advisers, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all other provincial officials assembled for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up, and they stood before it. Then the, then, then the herald, herald loud, loudly proclaimed, This is what you are commanded to do, O people, nations and men of every language. As soon as you hear the sound of the horn, Flute, zither, harp, pipes, and all kinds of music. You, you must fall. You must fall down and worship the image of gold the king Nebuchadnezzar set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. Therefore, as soon as they heard the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, and other kinds of music, all of the people, nations, and men of every language fell down and worshiped the image of gold that Nebuchadnezzar set up. At this time, some ast- astrologers came forward and denounced the Jews. They said that King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You you have issued a decree, O king, that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lath, harp, pipes, and other kinds of music must fall down and worship the image of gold and the and that whoever does not fall down and worship will be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there are some Jews who you have set over, over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, O Lord, O King. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image gold you have set up. Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of Goliath set up?
1: Now, if ye be ready, at what time ye hear the sound of the horn there and pipes, And all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the image which I have made. Well, but if ye worship not, ye shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hand? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. It is... It is it. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury, and the expression on his face was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake and commanded that they should heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. And he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. (coughs) Then these men were bound in their uh, (coughs) coats, their leggings, and turbans. And the, and the other garments were cast into the midst of burning fire furnace. Therefore, because the king's commandment was severe, and the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and the Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished. And rose up in haste and spake, and said unto his counselors Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire. They have no, no hurt, and, and the form of the first is like the Son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth. Of the burning fiery furnace, and spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ye servants of the Most High God, come forth and come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth of the midst of fire. And the princes, governors, and captains, and the king's consuls, being gathered together, saw fire had no power, nor was an hair of their heads seen. Neither were their coats <clears throat> and chains, nor smell of fire, had passed on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him and have changed the king's word and yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Therefore I make a decree that every people, nation, language would speak anything against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces and their houses shall be made an ash heap because there is no other god that can deliver like this. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the providence of Babylon.
2: Do you see how that turned around? (laughs) They were thrown into the fiery furnace and... uh... I thought about it, and some of the translations actually kind of indicate that, or it looks like, that they had kind of uh, a blousy, not blouses, but actually loose shirts on them and loose pants on them. Well, my pants are pretty you know, tight-fitting, and my shirt's close, and so forth. And I thought, well, if they were walking in that fire... And they had kind of loose-fitting clothes and all that. Maybe they, they just got caught They caught on fire because their, their pants were flopping around or their shirt was flopping around. I was trying to rationalize, you know, somehow like this instead of saying, we serve a supernatural God. And they said they came out of the furnace and they didn't even smell like smoke. I don't know about y'all, but I can go up here to Rudy's on 45 and stay in there for about 30 minutes and I'll come out smelling like smoke. And I wasn't even the fire, okay? They didn't even smell like smoke. And their hair was not even singed. You know, we serve a supernatural God. And the same God that delivers Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from the fiery furnace, which I love this story, it is an oldie but goodie, and I share about it every now and then. I felt like it was necessary because I believe that God's on the move. And I believe the Spirit of the Lord is doing things that obviously will just really um, bless our lives. And so I want to encourage everybody here, because the Spirit of the Lord is here right now, to open your hearts to Him, ask Him to touch you, to fill you, to fill His church, His place where He comes and as we gather corporately with His very presence. And that I believe that He will, when God's people come in community as one, the power of God is released there. And we are one today, if you notice, as we began to share from our testimonies and from the Word of God and then praying for Lynette and the people that gather. We, we're hearing testimonies. We're seeing miracles. We're seeing the move of God's Spirit across this land. God is restoring His church and His people. Amen. Amen. And when that happens, there are certain things that are going to take place. First of all, is you can better believe that there's going to be opposition. There will be. We have not faced the persecution like what has happened over in other countries and so forth. But we need to know who the God that we serve is. We need to know Him intimately. We need to spend time with Him. We need to get along with Him. We need to talk with Him. I was walking last night and I was talking to the Spirit of the Lord. I said, Lord, you know I long for your presence. The manifest, the tangible presence in my life. That I walk in your presence every day. That I do the works of what Jesus has done. Those praying for the sick and and preaching the gospel. and, And obviously delivering the captives. I want to do all of that, those things. And I'm longing to know you in a deeper manner than I ever have before. I long to know you because you love me. And I want to know you in that same love, in the manner that you love me. But I said, Lord, I'm just human, and you know I can't do that. You have to make it happen. But I believe when I come before you with a humble heart and a heart that's open to you, that I believe that you'll do that. And I believe that's what he's doing in the church today. I believe that we are moving into an era, a particular time of history, where God's Spirit is moving across this land. There's restoration coming. There's deliverance for those who have uh, wandered away from the Lord. The prodigals are coming back those who have sort of walked away, maybe they had a taste of God. Maybe they just sort of had something in church and maybe they were raised in the church as a young child and so forth and they wandered away because the devil got a hold of them and made the world look better than Jesus. And I believe that he's changing that. But when that happens, you and I had to respond. And God is looking to his church to respond in that way. And it's the same way Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did. They knew their God. And we've got to know our God can do anything. Our God is able. We've seen it. And I've testified to it. Cindy's testified to it. You've testified to it. We see it over and over again because God, I believe, is going to show up in unbelievable ways in the lives of his children. We know the background here. We know that obviously they um, would not bow down to the image of King Nebuchadnezzar. And so Nebuchadnezzar said, well, heat the fire up because I've already made a decree. I think that he had a relationship with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and also Daniel after Daniel had interpreted a dream for him. But I knew when he makes a decree, a king made a decree back then, then he had to follow through with it. And he said, heat the fire up seven times, even more. In other words, what God is showing us is that even when things get the hottest in our lives, even when things look like it is no way out, that God makes a way. Amen. I want to tell you, I'm not talking about just biblical stories. I'm talking about the reality of everyday life. God provides a way out. And it's by faith and believing him, but we've got to know who God is. We can't have a wishy-washy faith. We can't have some kind of uncertainty about that God will do this and that. If God said that he will do it, then you and I have to stand upon the promises of God, claim those promises, and walk in those promises every day. And that obviously uh, means that you and I have got to get, know who God is, and we've got to walk with him in a deeper way than we ever had before. I've talked about their prophetic words that have come out. We are going to move into a deeper intimacy with Jesus Christ. And there's also going to be a higher level of authority that we have. That means that you and I will be able to speak the truth of God in love. And we're going to see people's lives change. That's why when we talk about whether or not it be the gift of prophecy, when we speak and edify the body of Christ, these things are from the heart of God because he's getting ready to do something wonderful in the body of Christ, but we can expect opposition. The enemy, when you begin, and I know all of you can testify to this, when you get ready to really walk with the Lord and you said, I'm making this determination, I've resolved in my heart, that I am gonna walk with Jesus Christ. You can expect adversity from the devil. He does not want you to do that as long as you're apathetic, as long as even you're coming to church. And nothing's happening in your life. He's fine with that. But when you begin to move into the realm of the spirit where the power of God is released, I want to tell you, he gets really angry about that. And these people said, I am not budging. I don't care whether if God will deliver us and we believe that, but even if he doesn't, then we're not budging. We'll go into the fiery furnace. Are you willing to lay your life down for Christ? I'm talking about whether or not, obviously, we don't know what we'll have to do when persecution comes. I believe there will be persecution more in this country than we've ever had. God protects us, yes. But in other countries, if you stood up for Jesus Christ and you really proclaimed the good news, it could mean that you could lose your life. And these men knew that they could lose their lives. That's exactly what they tried to do, King Nebuchadnezzar, when he threw them into the fiery furnace there. One thing for sure was as these men kept their eyes on the Lord. They were obviously, they were living in a pagan society, they, who worshiped multiple gods and, and all, and, and they, you know Nebuchadnezzar, probably he thought too much of himself, trust me. He was narcissistic. And the people around him, all those names that Dan and Sid were reading from the word of God, and all, all of them, they really thought very highly of themselves. They were very, very boastful about that. In 1 Peter chapter 1, it says, Live your lives as strangers here in reverent fear. This is not our home. We better get used to it. We better get used to it. But until then, you know, I was talking to the Lord last night about it too. I said, you know, Lord, there's an old saying, you know it. And I was just talking to him and I said, you know, that we're so uh, heavenly minded that we're no earthly good. Well, let me tell you today, I want to be heavenly minded and I'm going to leave the results in God's hands. Amen. I want to be heaven so heavily minded that nothing else matters to me. And all that obviously as Mary played and spoke to me, that wonderful hymn about that Jesus Christ is first in our lives. And that's all that should matter to us because I want to tell you today there's nothing else more sweeter. There's nothing else more precious. There's nothing else more magnificent than the name of Jesus. There's nothing more I want to tell you, we can expect that there will be opposition. When we have a reverent fear of God an awe, a respect, wanting to please Him in all of our ways and all the things that we do and say and our actions, our motives, our attitudes, there will be opposition. We can expect that. Obviously, we need to be prepared. When we think about this, we've got to be prepared. And Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego had already made up their mind that they were not going to budge. When we get in the heat of the battle, y'all have heard me say many times, don't decide or try to decide then that this is where you stand. Take your stand today. Resolve in your heart today that you're going to believe God no matter what the devil tells you, no matter what people tell you, and even sometimes well-meaning people, some of the people closest to you. Because when God begins to work, he may not act the way we think he should act. He may just make things may be a little odd from what you thought there may be. But if it's God, it's God. But we've got to know him. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew God in that particular manner. You know, these guys were just doing their jobs. You know, when times began to change. You know, we could be doing things on the job and all of a sudden, all of this adversity hits upon us and it comes out of nowhere. And that's usually the way the devil works. He will come and broadside you when you least expect it. So you've got to be ready and I've got to be ready. We've got to resolve and say right this day. Do you know, obviously, I I was looking at this word determined. When you look at determined You're looking at at someone that can't be changed, someone that can't be be altered in a way that this person is determined that this is what they're going to do. Have you resolved, have you determined in your life that you're going to stand up, stand up for Jesus? Are you halfway sort of saying, well, it's getting a little bit late in life because I am, I'm, I'm late in life also, but it doesn't make any difference. Because God's not through with me, and he's not through with you. And when you determine in your life that you're going to stand up, stand up for Jesus and live a godly life, I want to tell you, you'll hit opposition. Some people, as they're Christians, they believe that life is going to be easy. Now, there's a difference between being blessed and an easy life. There's two different things. I'm blessed like crazy. God has blessed me. But it doesn't mean that there won't be adversity. It doesn't mean that these things won't hit us. It doesn't mean that the enemy somehow has uh, taken a vacation from attacking Christians. It means, obviously, you're blessed. But it doesn't mean you'll have an easy life. Psalm 128 says, Blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in His ways. And God blesses us as we live godly lives and that show that we walk in his ways here, but blessing does not always equate with the ease of circumstances. We need to experience his presence. It was spoken of here earlier, just the presence of the Lord in our lives. If all else crumbles around us, if all else doesn't make sense, to have the presence of the Lord in our lives is what I ask for. The awareness of his presence each and every day. Have to have peace in this life here. But living a godly life does not guarantee an ease of life. In fact, just the opposite. Second 2 Timothy chapter 3. Everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ, Jesus, will be persecuted. We'll, we will be. When this move of God begins, some people will say, well, you know, uh, I kind of like church the way it is. And God begins to change things somewhat. And again, the seven last words of the church is, we've never done it that way before. People don't like change. We begin to change things and and everything around us breaks loose, it seems like, even from those well-meaning today. Let me tell you today, the cloud is moving. I want to tell you that cloud is moving. The fire is moving. And as a church, we've got to move. We can't stay static because if we're static, then we're moving backwards. We've got to move with where the Spirit is moving today. God is calling His church in that manner today. You go, what does that mean? I can't explain all of it, but I can say one thing. I know God is on the move. And whether or not you and I want to be a part of it is a choice that we make. A choice is that we're going to live for, for Jesus no matter what. And no matter where he leads me, no matter what he says for me to do, or no matter, no matter what in any way that he, he tells me what to say, I will do what Jesus Christ does. I am going to determine that I will walk with the Lord Jesus Christ because I want to tell you things, they are a-changing. Second thing is godly life brings hard choices. You know, a lot of times we say, well, I'll go this far with Jesus, but I'm going to hold back here. Well, in Revelation 2, it says, Be faithful even to the point of death, and I will give you the crown of life. I want the crown of life, no matter what. I want to walk with Christ, no matter what. And you go, where is that going to lead me? Only God knows, personally, in your life and my life. But are you willing to make that resolve? Are you willing to say, I will lay my life down for you, Lord Jesus? It doesn't make any difference, because you're more wonderful to me than any other, anything, than life itself. You're more precious than life itself to me. We have to come to that place. And that's what happened with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego they had to make a choice they know the choice they knew the choice that was going to bring them they knew they were going they were going to uh, lose their lives or or they thought or they were going to obviously be persecuted at this time here you know in many other parts of the world there is persecution and if they stand up for Jesus Christ they can be killed muslims who seek to live a godly life in Christ face death and let me just mention this. I'm hearing things uh, that are being spoken about what's happening in Muslim nations. And, and actually Jesus is revealing himself to the Muslims. And they say that actually the vision the Muslims are having is he's standing before them in a white cloak. And they're giving their hearts to Jesus Christ in the manner, realizing that he is the Savior of the world. <laughs> Believing he's no longer a prophet to them. He is their savior personally. Muslims are coming to the Lord. I will tell you another thing. In Cuba, whether you agree with all the things that have happened here politically in the past or whatever, God is moving in Cuba. There are people from this country that are actually going to that little island. And there are many, many people that are coming to Jesus Christ. But they can't worship in public. They can't worship out on the streets. They have to get behind closed doors. And some of the officials are sort of cutting them some slack. And they're getting behind thousands behind closed doors. And they're coming to Jesus. This means that God's doing something great. Amen. And I want to be a part of that. I want to go out of here in a spiritual blaze of fire. I don't want to go around sitting around. I want to go out praising Jesus. I want to go out leading people to Christ and all. And things come on on at, at occasion, special events happen, work emergencies sometimes, and, and all these things that take place, and it, it, they, they somehow for our time and our energies and our monies and all this kind of stuff. We've got to make right now a resolve to seek the Lord, to stand up for Jesus in the workplace, to witness when, when He leads us to. And obviously, we know. That God is going to reward us. And we'll see here in just a moment. If you stand firm. When the opposition comes, expect it. But as you stand firm, you watch what happens. The Bible says, submit yourselves to God and resist the devil. And he will flee from you. But sometimes that's a lengthy process. But the word of God is true. It has not changed. And if you stand and submit and resist, then we know the devil will flee. But there will be opposition and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego they had made up their minds and I want to tell you I'll share a story here Cindy's friend that had prayed for uh, in the hospital there we talked about it we have shared about it came in and we mentioned Jesus and uh, she says y'all know Jesus yes, she said can I pray for you she was one of the therapists there Cindy's sitting there basically can't talk and mostly paralyzed, I think, at that time. And she threw herself on Cindy's body and began to pray, okay? And she's real bold. And she said that for, when she came a Christian later in life, that she prayed for a year for God to give her boldness about her faith. She prayed for a year to pray, specifically for boldness for a year. Well, as it turns out, she is now coming against some opposition. And I believe, and, and Cindy and I have talked about it, I believe the enemy is trying to get her and dampen her faith. And she's being opposed right now by different things that are happening. She's called and asked us, to, to uh, obviously, to pray for her. But she stands up for Jesus. She prays with people in those situations. And I know that God used her in Cindy's healing. It's like Cindy said, that God had sent her people to pray for her. We got words from nurses. About different things God was saying. And I want to tell you today. I believe it was. A res- now what we see with Cindy being here. It's a result of that. But you will have opposition. When you stand up for Jesus Christ. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He obviously. They knew that too. They knew who they believed in and served. They knew that the God that they serve is good. And he's good all the time. And they know that God. They serve is able. They put their trust in Him. You and I, the whole word of God is you put your trust in Jesus. We can talk about it and talk about it in different ways. But for those who want to walk with Jesus and really experience the real blessings of the Lord, you're going to, first of all, is to experience opposition. The enemy will come against you in a powerful way. You know, in Isaiah chapter 44, it says, this is what the Lord Almighty says, Israel King and Redeemer, the Lord Almighty. I am the first and the last. Apart from me, there is no God. Who then is like me? Let him proclaim it. Let him declare and lay out before me what has happened since I established my ancient people and what is yet to come. Yes, let him foretell what will come. All who make idols are nothing. And the things they treasure are worthless. The carpenter measures with a line and makes our outline with a marker. He cut down cedars or perhaps took a cypress or an oak. He let it grow among the trees of the forest or planted a pine, and the rain made it grow. It is man's fuel for burning. Some of it it takes and warms himself. He kindles a fire and bakes bread, but he also fashions a god and worships it. He makes an idol and bows down to it. No one stops to think. No one has the knowledge or understanding to say. Half of it I use for a fuel... And I even baked bread over its coals. I roasted meat and I ate. And shall I make a detestable thing? From what is left shall I bow down to a block of wood? Who are you serving? Serving a block of wood, you say, we don't have those types of idols nowadays. But you have other types of idols. Who are you serving today? Let me tell you, I serve the living God. There's one true God. His name is Jesus. I serve one living God. His name is Jesus Christ. And him crucified and resurrected from the dead, the living God, the one, Jehovah God, the one who's overall Yahshua, Amashiach, the one God. Something happened, by the way, between the United States and Israel. Watch it. Keep your eyes open. There's going to be a treaty that's going to come between the United States and Israel, and it's going to be a spiritual blessing between the United States and Israel. Watch what happens. Keep your eyes open. Israel, keep your eyes open. It's coming on. And if they move the the capital from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, watch what happens. All right? It's right for Jesus to come back, okay? I don't know when, but it's right for him to come back when he comes back through the eastern gate, I guess. Amen? He can come back anytime as far as I'm concerned. But he's not finished. He's not slow like some people think slow is. But he wishes none to perish and all to come to everlasting life. Your neighbors are lost. People going out into eternity are lost. They don't know Christ there. We need to know who our God is. We really believe in God. We know he's able. Remember the nurse that said... Jim, God spoke to me. I I believe this thought came to mind. God is able about Cindy's stuff. God is able. God is able to do it. Matthew 15 says, you hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. We need a deep, intimate relationship to know him and trust him, to get prepared. Get in the word of God. Get in some Bible study. Come to... Come to Sunday school. Get into the Word. That teaching is powerful today. Jerry has different subjects that he goes on, but I'm telling you today what he speaks when the Word of God is permeating over there in in that faith hall. I want to tell you it's powerful. It changes your inner man. makes you want to hunger for Jesus Christ. But if you stay away from God, you'll not know who God is. We have to get close to him. Opposition's coming. And we're going to have to make hard choices to stand. Come to Wednesday night, we share. We've been talking about the Lord on a lot of different things. And ministry team training and all, all those things. Get up a little bit earlier and talk to the Lord. Sit there before him. Wait upon him. Watch the Spirit of the Lord do things in this day and this time we've never seen before. I want to tell you, it's all good. The third thing is, a godly life brings blessing and peace. Even when you face opposition, we notice these men here, they, their blessing came at the end. Nebuchadnezzar turned around there and, and all and, and uh, began to do things that were great and obviously recognized God. If you stand firm, you may, first of all, hit opposition, and you, may have, to hit, you have to, may have to make hard choices, but watch the blessings of the Lord. People's lives will change. People want to know that, obviously, that you believe that you believe, and that there's something real in your life. If you're wishy-washy about your faith, they go, you don't believe it, so why should I believe it? If you'll stand firm in the faith, they will be convicted that they know you believe it and it's for certain because they're looking for something solid because everything else is wishy-washy out there. Everything else is moving. James chapter 1, it says that you've got to believe when you ask for wisdom, that you'll get wisdom. He said, because if you don't, you're tossed to and fro by every wave and every doubt and so forth. And the Bible says, don't expect that that man will receive anything from the Lord. We've got to be determined in our lives. We've got to step out and believe him. No matter what. There's a song out by Mercy Me. And, and Doris and Kendra, all of us like Mercy Me, don't we? And it's a new one. <laughs> Doris. And it's, called, it's titled, Even If. Even If. Have you heard it, Doris? Have you heard it? It's a new one by Mer- Mercy Me. It's called, Even If. It, it, next time, try to pull it up. Kendra's got her <laughs> our iPhone. She can pull it up. It's good, but the words of it. I, I, God does all of this, but even if he doesn't, this is what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said. He's going to deliver us, but even if he doesn't, then we're not going to bow down to you. We have got to say we are not going this way. The first thing, part of a commitment is making that resolve and determination that we're going to serve the risen king, his name is Jesus that we're going wherever we had the resolve in our hearts and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did that didn't they? they did that, they came out and didn't even smell like they went to Rudy's at all so <laughs> y'all are listening aren't you <laughs> oh God is good He's mighty to save. There's a song out. Mighty to save. Savior. He can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation. He rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. Mighty to save. God's on the move. And God is doing great and mighty things. His spirit's moving. I want to be a part of that. I know you do also. Some prophetic things here, and I'll close. First thing is, I believe God has given a greater impartation of grace and of the impossible. A greater impartation of grace to do the impossible. Faith. There's fresh grace and authority coming on the body of Christ. Fresh grace and authority coming on the body of Christ. In the book of Acts, it said that the churches, when they got, first got established, that they had great grace. <laughs> I like grace, but they had great grace. There's an impartation. I ask the Lord, impart these things to my heart. Drop them in my spirit, Holy Spirit. Drop them down deep inside of me. Okay. The kingdom of God will burst into the here and now. Will burst into the here and now. The kingdom of God. We pray, Lord, let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. His kingdom is perfectly being done in heaven, right? We pray that prayer. Let it be done on earth. What's happening, watch what happens. The kingdom of God is beginning to to burst into the here and now. Now what that means is you'll begin to see things from a different perspective. You'll begin to see things spiritually the way God sees them. You'll begin to see God working in ways that you've never seen Him work before. God's kingdom will burst into the here and now. Now how does the kingdom come? The Bible says, "Like labor pains of an expectant mother, remember? You know, when it gets closer, the labor pains get closer together, and as time goes along, they get more intense. That's what we're seeing. God's kingdom is beginning to burst in situations on the mar- in the marketplace, not just in the church, but in the marketplace, in different places, all over, because his kingdom is going to come. Everywhere, in every aspect of life. And it's beginning to intensify. Since the Reformation, they have been getting more intense. A statistic. In the last 25 to 30 years, there are more people that have come to Jesus since recorded history. Isn't that good? This week, I got an email from our... Friends and family, I call them family, in Quito, Ecuador, South America. Andrea, y'all heard her. She came in and shared. And that town in, in Ecuador called San Antonio that they have fed children and they've now children coming up. They had no knowledge of Jesus. They are now saved. And they're right at the bottom of a volcano and up at the top of, of that mountain. They worship Satan up there. And that's where the town of San Antonio is. Is. It's a real poor town, It's dirt streets, cinder block homes and all that. And when I was there too, I've been there several times. And When I was there last June, I was praying and, and the Lord gave me, I thought, some words of what was some, some powers of darkness that were over that area. And so Andrea emailed me and said, by the way, uh, they go out on Saturday afternoon and they have worship service with the uh, young people. And feed them, and they do it on Friday night also, and they have a worship. They talk to them about Jesus and all, and and all. And then they and they they teach them on Friday night. They go out there. She said, "What we're doing now is we're going door to door in that whole region, inviting them to come to church because they built a a building, a complex of buildings there, and they can have where they can have worship services. And so now they're going door to door." And and giving them my probably leaflets and so forth, and invite them to church because in the past all the, the only ones that would come would be the children. Well, you begin with the children. The parents won't come. Get the children in there and work with them. But they feel released now to go into the whole community and invite people to come to church. I don't know how it went. It started uh, actually yesterday. They come to church and learn about Jesus. Okay. This is God, folks. <laughs> this is the Spirit. When I was down there, the Spirit was moving. And remember I told you about some of the things that happened there. And God, since that time, I'm getting word from our friends in Quito that God is moving through that city of Quito, Ecuador, and, and, and the region. So they're reaching out, evangelizing people that don't know Jesus. God is doing that all over. More people in the last 25, 30 years have come to Jesus since recorded history. It's a revival on the way, folks. China, the Muslims I mentioned, Jesus appearing to them. The mustard seed. We know we say, if we had the faith the size of a mustard seed, we can say it to this mountain, be cast into the sea and it'll be done. Okay. So does it take the measure of faith? Yes, we need that and we need to grow in our faith. But it's how big is your God? But a mustard seed, when it's planted, it will grow into a tree. And people can come under it and and it will be a place of rest. Faith in our hearts is like that. It begins as a mustard seed, but it's growing. Listen to this. People are going to want to be around you. You like that tree. Because people need rest. Rest. And they're going to want to get under the shade of the covering that you have in Jesus Christ. People are going to want to know you and want to know what's going on in your life. People are wanting to be around you. Watch what happens. This is prophetic. These things will happen. These beginning to happen. People want to want to be around you. Isn't that good news? Aren't you excited about that? Doesn't it just really just turn you every which way but loose? People want to be around you that you can share your faith with that you can live in community with, that you can bless them because there are people out there hurting and have no knowledge of the truth. They have no way and they're destined to hell if God doesn't somehow intervene and only God can bring them back. You know leaven? You know, we always talk about leaven because it can be in in a sense it comes in and contaminates that way but leaven takes over. What we're going to see happen prophetically is the kingdom of God is going to be like that leaven. It's just going to take over watch what happens. Watch what happens in the marketplace where God has placed you. Be ready for it. People are going to want to be around you. There will be some that obviously, there will be opposition. But those who have a heart that God's already prepared because the Spirit has to go before you. If you're witnessing for Jesus, talk to the Lord maybe like this. And this is just an uh, example. I was saying, Lord... Go in, prepare this person's heart that I may share Jesus with them. And then go forth very confidently. Ask the Spirit of the Lord. Holy Spirit, go before me and prepare this person's heart to receive the word of God in their hearts and then go forward believing that God's going to do that. We're in a day of power. We're in a day when God's going to work these things out it we'll just be bold. And we'll make that declaration and determination that we are going to do this. We're not going to back off. We're going to move into the deeper things of God. I don't want to stay where I am. I don't want to be static. And I don't want Lighthouse Fellowship to be static. I want us to move with the Spirit of God because the fire is moving and the cloud by day and the fire by night is moving. And we've got to move because God's on the move. The question is, are we ready? Are we prepared? Lay down everything. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did it, and they didn't even get harmed. In fact, they were blessed for it because Nebuchadnezzar gave them positions, actually, and blessed their lives. You'll be blessed, but you may get some opposition. Expect it and be aware of it and be prepared for it. But say, right this day, resolve in your hearts: I am not budging. I'm going to follow Jesus, and I'm going to ask. So the Spirit of God lives in us. We are a powder keg in this place. Do you know that? The Spirit of God lives in us. Powerhouse, dunamis, that means dynamite. There's nothing we can't do according to, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Nothing is impossible with God. Healings, deliverances, salvations today. We are moving with God. And I am not going to back back, back down. Because I believe God is doing this. And if you want God in your life, just ask Him today to fill you with His power. God's going to do it, folks. There's nothing impossible with God if we'll believe Him. Let's pray together. Father, there isn't anything impossible with You if we just believe You. Dear God, whatever you're saying today, whatever you're doing, we just want to be a part of it here. and We open our hearts to you. I pray the power of God will come upon every person here. And like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they said, we are not going to bow down to the gods of this world. And they knew when they did that, they were taking a stand. They knew they they were going to uh, be persecuted. And we too also know that God. But Lord, we're saying today, we're making it. We're determined. We're saying we're not moving. We're moving on with God because the fire is moving and the clouds move. And we want revival more than we want anything in the world. We want Jesus. We want Jesus. Because he's more precious to us than silver or gold. And anything the world can offer. Devil offered uh, Jesus all these kingdoms. Remember what he said? It's written. It's written. He'd already made up in his heart that he was going to follow his Father. And I pray today, every person in this place would make up their minds and resolve in their hearts that they're going to follow Jesus no matter what, no matter what happens today. Because I don't know what the future holds. But I do know one thing. Jesus said, if you sell out for me, then you'll have that persecution. And I believe what he says. But believe you, the blessings are on the other side of that, we will hold on and not budge. Because God Almighty is doing great, mighty things, and I want to be a part of it. I don't want to miss it. I don't want anybody here in this place or this church and miss what God's doing. And I'm willing right now, Lord, for us just to come to you and lay our lives on the altar and say, Lord, take us just as we are. Holy Spirit, come. Touch every person. Make that determination. And right now, prompt it in their hearts that they'll say, I'll follow Jesus no matter what. No matter what it means. I'll follow Jesus. You see, today, you somehow, maybe God, you're thinking God's put you on a shelf. He hasn't. He hasn't put you on a shelf. In fact, right now, He's preparing you. He's preparing you. And if you're willing, because all He's looking for is someone who's willing, you're saying, but I don't have any gifts and talents. Oh, yes, you do. God's saying, if you feel like that, hey, I, I'm not sure I can do this and that, then you're a good candidate for the power of God to fall upon you and God to use you in powerful ways. There's nothing you can do if you're willing to believe. That's our choice. Our choice to make hard decisions and hard choices no matter where they take us and no matter what other people think because some people may think you're just whacked out. your mind, You've lost your mind. And God is saying, "No, you haven't lost your mind. You actually have the mind of Christ, the Bible says. And you're living the way God has called us to live. Believe for healing. Believe for deliverance. Believe for salvation for your neighbors. Because there are people right, right next door that probably don't know Jesus. Believe in it. Trust them. Trust God. Begin to say, Lord, Holy Spirit, give me the words. Prepare the person's heart because I believe you're prompting me to share about Jesus. And then walk out and see what, how the Spirit leads you. He will lead you. If you're willing to follow, bless this church, Father. And Holy Spirit, we welcome you. You do whatever you want. And this church is not my church. It's not this church's church. It's not the people here. It's your church. So exalt the name of Jesus. Lead us into that relationship that we long for, and that is that intimacy with Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And it's in His name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.